0: Hey, Ez. It's been a good week, huh? Seriously. I absolutely loved rereading Ender's Game. I have almost nothing bad to say about it. Same here. Yeah, I thought it was really great. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that we have Alex on the show. I literally have no idea what we'd do if he didn't have dozens of things to criticize. Yeah, the show would be terrible. <laughs> and our sponsor, The Hegemon, would be super disappointed.
1: Well, it's a good thing that won't happen. Hey, Alex. You ready to hate?
0: Oh, hey, guys.
2: Uh, About that... Um. You guys just recommended I read a book about playing laser tag in zero gravity. Yeah. How do I hate that? You're you! It's laser tag in zero gravity.
1: So you're saying you kinda liked it? Kind of a lot. Huh.
0: Gulp. Ow. This kitten got your tongue tied in to see
2: For good morning, meat suits and meat dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 125. We have now done as many episodes as the article in the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which bans sodomy, including a five-year prison sentence for giving or receiving oral sex. What? Way too much. <laughs> <laughs> what is an appropriate amount of time for that? <laughs> I don't know. Like, half hour? Yeah, <laughs> recharge time? <laughs> Speaking of things that were more fun to read than I was expecting, this week we were talking about Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card, the first half. This week's episode was sponsored uh, by a sponsor who would like to hide his identity. This is a thing that you're always going to have to worry about when you sponsor something. It might be good and you just don't know it. Let me introduce you to today's panel. I'm your host, of course. I'm Alex. I'm a comic from Portland. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. Uh, and these are some of my friends in San Francisco, California... It's Ezra Fox. Yeah, hey Alex, happy to be here. This is something you liked in childhood.
0: Um, I feel like it. Several different stages of life. Yeah, like middle school um, when I felt all alienated and youngish. Alienated. Boom. But um. Boom.
2: Also joining us today, Chris. He is at C Walter Smith on Twitter in Seattle, Washington. Chris Smith. Hey, hey. You also have it several times in your life.
0: You liked it.
1: Uh, I read this when I was in the eighth grade, uh, so it it's resonated. This isn't. I'm not like as. This isn't my Alchemist where I reread it every year or something. Yeah.
0: Is the Alchemist your Alchemist, Chris? <laughs>
1: uh, n- no, no, it's not. Uh, also joining us today, the giggle
2: in the background. Uh, she's at Allison Fields on Twitter, and she is as much fun to follow on Twitter as she was the last time she was on this show. So follow her right away. In L. A. it's Allison Fields.
0: Hi, I'm guest starring as a teenage boy today. <laughs>
2: when you were in middle school, were you also hoping to be a battle commander someday? So did this resonate with you? Uh,
0: um, no, this like kind of butchy girl was like, you gotta read this book, and I like so I didn't <laughs> because.
2: <you> know, <laughs> That's a good story. He's like,
0: I don't want to be a lesbian too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, it's time to summarize. Let's talk about the plot of the book. Chris, please summarize it for us uh, in the style of the future.
1: It is sometime way in the future, and Earth is ruled by a central authoritarian military government following an alien attack by a race called the Buggers. Andrew Ender Wiggin is a super intelligent six-year-old boy who the government has been watching since he was three And he is the one they've been looking for or so they think He's wise beyond his years not to mention super duper duper smart in a way that makes him not like a child at all He has two super duper smart older siblings Peter who is pure psychopathic evil and Valentine who is pure good and kindness Ender is sort of like (laughs) a mix between the two which is kind of perfect for being a general I guess Anyway, the military ships Ender off to battle school, which is in space, where only the most brilliant boys and a few girls are sent to learn to be commanders in the fleet. They go to class, but mostly they play a mock battle game in zero gravity that's really cool. Though Ender is awesome at everything, and he's really cool and all, he grows bored and unhappy with dominating all over everyone, and he knows that the military is being manipulative and shady. What will they challenge him with next? Will he grow up to lead the Earth to victory before he grows his first pube?
2: Yeah, (laughs) <laughs> there was a gross part where the two siblings were talking, where they were like, "We have you know, like six pubic hairs between us." Yep. And I was like, "That's that's a lot of information." <laughs> I just assume they're meeting around the six pubic hair table. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's start out uh, with a compliment sandwich. Uh, we always like to start out with a compliment. It's how we seem like fair and legitimate criticism. So Allison, uh, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment. Which did you prefer?
3: I'll go first.
2: Cool. What is your major compliment?
0: I liked their insults. I liked how many times they talked about farts and fart jars.
2: Fart eating and uh,
0: <laughs> fart. Yeah, fart, fart eater. <laughs> Just a
2: little fart. They were yeah. they were canning their
0: farts for some reason, like to preserve them for the winter? <laughs> yeah. How do they even find time for that? I have to, I have to store buy my, my farts.
1: <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, Chris, why don't you be second?
0: I'm just gonna take the
1: obvious one. In that Orson Scott card describes zero gravity movement and combat really, really well. Oh, that would be so fun. So these these boys play like, or and a few girls, I guess, uh, play essentially like team. It's kind of like a capture the flag or deathmatch or whatever. But when you shoot people, they freeze and you have to get five people to the other person's gate who have not been frozen. And like you move through zero gravity and just the challenges of moving through zero gravity when you only have like the walls and a few obstacles to push off and then frozen people you can push off and stuff. It's just it's really, really cool. So um, well done, sir. I want to learn how to turn off gravity so we can do this game. Yeah, basically, yes.
2: And and in the in the book, it's like you do this because you're a genius kid, but what it would really happen in real life is you'd have to be rich. So I'm looking forward to being rich about the same time we figure out how to turn off gravity so that we can play this for one of my birthdays. I mean...
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there will be cookie cake.
2: All right, uh, I'm going to go third then for my compliment. Uh, something else that sounds awesome is there's this fantasy game that he plays where... He, like, it's supposed to teach him how to go nuts, I think, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's World of
1: Warcraft on acid.
2: Yeah, it is. It's one, of those thi- it's one of those games where you can just walk anywhere and do anything to anybody. And there's not... It's not really obvious what the goal is until you find something that you want to do that you can't, and then your goal is to get through that thing. And it, you can really do anything in his version, though. Like, at one point, there's a giant snake, and he can't figure out how to kill the snake, so he kisses the snake on the mouth, oh, and yeah. it disappears, and, like... The closest thing to that game I've ever played is Grand Theft Auto, and there is no kiss button.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, isn't there a drag from the car and beat to death button? That's yes, Not yes. that different. Is I mean, it? yeah, that's, just, that's I it's like just a lot like love
2: action, but <laughs> but you you go hands first. You never go mouth first. This is true. It's like can you imagine Mortal Kombat? There's like high kick, low kick, high kiss, low kiss, high kiss. Oh, low kiss. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just art- got an MA-17 rating, I think. Against Article 125 of the Inform Code of Military Justice. Yeah, that's, they got a half-hour timeout
0: <laughs> in my book. Uh, So, all right, uh, that leaves you, Ezra. What is your major compliment? I actually really honestly like this book as a um, guide to management. You sort of see a lot of different management styles, where, like, if you don't respect, like, you know, ideas coming from anywhere, uh, you kind of look like a dick. And if you can hire the right people and train them well, you can give them a lot of autonomy. I think this is sort of like a, really how startups should be operate. It, it, apparently, this is a, it's common for
2: uh, branches of the military to give this out to, to officer training groups. They still do give this out as a book on how to lead groups, which is weird because it's written from the point of view of a six-year-old.
1: And it's written by a person who is not a military strategist. I mean, it's basically don't be a dick and, and listen to people with good ideas. But be just enough of a dick to command respect. And practice a lot. Yeah, work really hard. Yeah, that's the part of it I don't like. I was like, this kid's a genius. He shouldn't have to be working all the time. <laughs> well, there are certain physical skills, and certain he's trying to no. do things in zero gravity genius. that nobody's ever done before.
2: Genius.
1: Uh, <laughs> if you're a genius, you get to do, you
2: know, just whatever at all times. Yeah, what's the fun of being a genius if you have to go practice three times a day?
1: That's not a genius. That is a practicer.
0: Yeah, he, like, shouldn't have to be wearing space pants. <laughs>
1: Well, and sometimes they don't, right? I mean, they, they right. go around naked all the time.
0: Yeah, but, like, he should never have to wear space pants.
1: <laughs> this is just
2: too I'm cool. a
0: genius, and I don't wear space pants. He's just
1: <laughs> bottomless
2: be in zero change.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: what is right. your problem with space pants, Allison? What is the...
0: They're restricting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's a yeah. genius. He deserves sweats.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I have that bumper sticker. All right,
2: now... <laughs> He's a genius. He deserves sweats. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Well, so uh, so let's do that. Let's try to do some hates. I know this might be a little challenging for us, so I want to do uh, – I want to play – it's sort of like King of Bullshit Mountain. But we're going to play King of Hate Mountain, where uh, you try to hate on something, and if uh, everybody else likes it, you get unseated. And we'll keep going until somebody has it, uh, until we have a winner with the unambiguous hate. Uh, I'll start out. Uh, I I think the commanders talking between chapters is a
1: little bit cheesy. Ooh. Yeah. So That's, can you go go into that just a little bit more because that wasn't in the summary?
2: Yeah, yeah. So there's most of this is from the point of view of Ender. Sometimes it's from the point of view of his his siblings, but in between chapters, there's a dialogue between like the leader of Battle School and the leader of the International Army, and they. Uh, sort of argue back and forth about what's best for Ender. And it's mm. just, you know, I want you to show me that through the actions. You don't need to have me, like, you don't have to constantly pull back the curtain and tell me what the bad guys are talking about.
0: They're kind of like the uh, two old men in the Muppets.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> and Waldorf of Yeah. it's <laughs> <laughs> learning
0: to fight and be a genius. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wearing pants. <laughs> 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 it's, it's by no means the best part of the book, because the other parts are... You know, space laser tag, Um, but uh, it's not really bad. Well, now that
2: you've compared it to Statler and Waldorf, I kind of like them. (laughs) Uh, Unseated. Unseated. (laughs) Another hate somebody.
0: Um, I hated that Valentine wasn't voiced by a chola. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Peter, stop like hurting all those
3: squirrels.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That would have really like tied tied it in for me. Yeah, Sh- sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> the one, the one chola of the um of the family, right? That's yeah. that's how it goes. It's like first firstborn is a uh, you know a psychotic person. Yeah. Second is a chola. Yeah. And third is a uh, military genius. Hitler, Latino woman, military genius.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> if only the Hitlers had had two more
2: children. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> or at least just the one more, because I would have loved to have seen Hitler's annoying sister. Hitler's younger sister, Atola. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Damn, why are you invading Poland? You guys, I gotta go. I got a book to write.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, that's not a hate so much as a as an improvement on the book. Okay,
0: uh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, a very good suggestion. I, and as far as we know, it was, you know, it might have been written that way. Uh, we could just really blame the voice acting. Yeah. Oh, I will. <laughs>
2: All right, now I'm starting to worry, because I haven't heard the phrase chola very often. Is this offensive? Are we? Oh,
0: no. It's no? not I not think offensive. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, are we, are we losing that part of our demographic that is having a kid's <laughs> Yeah, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. <laughs> well, so here's a hate that I sort of have about that. It, uh, it's sort of related to that, which is uh, if you have a kid that is too mean, and then you have a kid that's too nice... You can't just have another kid and assume it'll be Goldilocks.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you really should look at what you're doing to parent these kids in such a terrible way. Yeah, for example. (laughs) They're, like, way smarter than their
1: parents. Which means there were probably some weird drugs or something involved in their pregnancy, right?
0: Or or someone's not the father. Actually, I read... There's a short story um, that uh, Orson Scott Card wrote about uh, Ender's parents meeting. And they're totally both geniuses also. Oh, they just... It's just once they, they
2: become t- parents, they get all caught up in the parenting stuff, and so they stop being geniuses.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like the, it's like the
2: Peanuts effect.
1: They <laughs> just start, wah, wah, wah,
2: wah,
0: <laughs>
2: Alright, I have one other thing that I kind of hated. I don't like the implication that video games can actually
1: make you better at anything besides eating and sitting. Oh, you're so wrong. What? Oh my god. No, 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 no. So, since Time Crisis, you know the arcade game with the pedal where you pop up and shoot things? Yes. Oh, yeah. You guys yes. know this one? Since games like that came out, cops have noticed that gang members in, like, cities where they have access to these games are significantly better at urban combat. i shooting them when they reload. No, 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 no. But but you hide behind things to reload, and it it really focuses on popping up quickly, analyzing where targets are, and hitting them in a way that other games haven't taught you. And so the cops actually because the gang members are getting so much better than the cops at that specific kind of combat, that the cops had to build their own game to train the cops at.
2: Call, no. Wait, so what? So what's the opposite of time crisis then? <laughs> um,
0: Actually, I think it was space like party?
1: I don't know. <laughs> space party? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I think there's also a much higher instance of, uh, you know, Uh, Gang members now shooting barrels for extra lives. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And getting the machine gun. Yeah. (laughs) I smell a reality show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: All these gang members are like, oh,
2: shoot the floating machine gun. You get more bullets.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I I mean, clearly not that, but I mean, video games can totally teach you stuff.
2: I don't know. I like, I mean, because I've played Grand Theft Auto, and I am so good at stealing cars in that game, and in real life, stealing cars (laughs) is hard. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, especially so dragging people
1: now. out of cars when they're belted in. Oh
2: my god! I don't know. I, I I think there might be this like correlation causation problem with the Time Crisis thing because I've played Time Crisis a few times, and I'm guessing the gang members don't have enough money to keep playing it because it's expensive. That is a five token game.
0: I mean, you're not a gang member to be poor. At least I'm not. Like, <laughs> why are you in a gang then? <laughs> dividends. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I got in on the ground floor in an initial IPO. And, <laughs> Just, yeah, I've got
2: thir- you know, 30,000 shares of Crip. Yeah.
1: I'm <laughs> a board member.
3: I'm a
2: voting shareholder. Yeah. At the next Crip board meeting, you're going to be like uh, voting for restructuring. <laughs> that will knock over well, I'll be honest. And I would like to pose a new slate of drug dealers. Because the Bloods are always trying to put, do a hostile takeover. I would totally, again, watch
0: this reality show. (laughs) Any other last-minute hates? Anything else you guys want to get in there? Um, I guess my only hate is it makes me feel a little bit stupid for not understanding uh, Zero-G fighting as well as uh, Ender does. So I I have to put on pants and not be a genius. I'd prefer you have pants on. Well, that's one vote for, one vote against. (laughs) I'll have to
2: send it up at the next board meeting yeah <laughs> Guys, we have, a, we have a, a very special guest in the house again, uh, the the co-host of The Geek's Guide to the Galaxy, the podcast on io9 about fantasy and science fiction, uh, and you can find links to some of his own writing in those genres at davidbarrkirtley.com. Bar, of course, having two R's. Uh, David, thanks for coming back and helping us out.
3: Yeah, glad to be back.
2: Um, so here's the weird situation we find ourselves in, David, is that we let, uh, sometimes let our fans choose what topic we're going to read. Normally, we read really bad things, but... Uh, One of our fans paid for us to read Ender's Game, and we're in this awkward position because we all liked it. And our show is normally about hating stuff, so I'm just assuming that because you are in this world, uh, and you write in science fiction, and you talk about science fiction, and you care about it, that you must also like this book. Is that true?
3: Yeah, it's one of my favorite books. I mean, I read it for the first time when I was a kid, and I probably read it between 12 and 20 times.
2: So wow. he, here's what I want to know then, uh, on, maybe on behalf of this uh, of this sponsor, what would somebody not like about it? Is there a thing in the world of science fiction where people occasionally say, yes, it's great, except for Badoomp, where Badoomp is filled with something?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's actually a really controversial book. I mean, you would have no trouble finding people who would have problems with it. Cool. Um, ah, interesting. Do they hate the laser tag or do they hate the other things? <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, I mean, the the first thing you should look at is there's this article by John Kessel called, I think, Creating the Innocent Killer, uh, which essentially argues that the whole circumstances of the story are contrived in order to have you sympathize with somebody who just kills everything that he comes across. Um, and uh, that this kind of sends a bad message to, to kid like middle school kids who... Uh, don't need any more encouragement to uh, have violent fantasies about their <laughs> horrible schools. And do you find that argument very persuasive? I mean, it does seem to me like uh,
2: it is a story that is contrived to make you feel empathy for a certain character, but that is how the process of fiction works. Uh,
3: well, I mean, John Kessel's a very smart guy, and I, this article is very cogently argued. I didn't really agree with it exactly when I read it. I mean, I think that... I... I,
2: I <sighs> I'm
3: I'm, I'm very, I'm very conflicted about it because it's one of my favorite books, but there are, I mean, there are sort of problematic aspects to the, I mean, because, because the, the, you know, the message you get out of the book is essentially, if someone's bullying you, you should kick them in the balls until they're dead. And that'll (laughs) teach other kids not to mess with you. And, you know, I mean, there is something uh, problematic about that.
2: Yeah, I think that I think that's true, uh, David. What what else do you think then? What what are some other criticisms of the book? Is it all just about the innocent killer? Like that's a pretty high level discussion that you only have if a book is genuinely regarded as pretty well written, right?
3: Other criticisms, I mean, people now will say that the uh, the way the story predicted what was going to happen with the internet, people say it's a little implausible that the uh, you know that these kids could become rulers of Earth in a couple years by posting messages on the internet.
2: I mean that yeah. yeah that does seem like the big swing and a miss as far as predictive powers was the idea that blog comments
0: would actually be important. I mean now that we have the internet, we definitely <laughs> don't have the overlords yet, but maybe they're on their way. I mean I want
2: to start I'm going to start reading more blog comments to see if they who <laughs> who the future leaders of America who's
0: are. making some
3: really good points out there. <laughs> Well, because, you know, I mean, I read this book as a kid, and I was really taken with that idea of, you know, wow, if I could just get on the internet and post some comments about my political philosophy, you know, then I'll gain a big following, and people have all this power and stuff. <laughs> well, and then the internet comes along, you know, and I, I write my political philosophy, and people are like, you're a fag. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that happens. So that was a big letdown.
2: Like, he thought he was so smart and so cool, and he never predicted that the rest of us would just want to see cat videos more <laughs>
0: I mean it's I hard another... it's hard to
2: fault him for that. I mean like the cat video thing really did sneak up on all of us.
0: <laughs> no one saw that coming. You're telling me. <laughs> Unless could we elect a cat hegemon? Would <laughs> oh, I like Nora the piano
2: playing one. She she's my favorite. She's a pretty good cat.
0: I like um Amiru. He climbs into boxes.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Maru, maru maru the oh box
3: cat absolutely right.
2: so how about so how about the the movie coming out next year harrison ford as uh, as graph what do you think gonna be good well, yeah no, I, I'm... when i first saw <laughs> harrison ford i was hoping he was playing
3: ender but whatever
0: <laughs> i'm a young boy
3: he's timeless he's harrison ford he can do anything <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's it's funny you say that because, you know, Orson Scott Card has been trying to get this movie made for 30 years almost. And sure. Hollywood studios, they always want Ender to be 18 and they always want there to be a love interest and, they, and a happy ending. And so, you know, if Hollywood had, had its way, casting uh, Harrison Ford as Ender probably isn't that far <laughs> <out> off. <it. laughs> That's why it's taken so long for this movie to get made because Orson Scott Card keeps saying no to every everything because they want to change the story.
2: So does this happen a lot in the science fiction world where somebody has like one great idea
3: and spend their entire life working on like variations on that theme? Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty common. I mean that's common in literature generally. I mean you know, there are a lot of authors who, you know, they write one great book and then you know, n- nothing else they write uh, strikes a chord as much as that one did. And then they do comic books based on that idea, and then they <laughs> they go back and do it from another person's
2: perspective.
3: That, that kind of reminds me of something that George R. R. Martin says, where, uh, you know, for Song of Ice and Fire, he has the comic books and the uh, toys and board game, video games, all this stuff. And he says, you know, I, I think sometimes, I wonder sometimes when I'm, when I'm doing all this stuff, would F Scott Fitzgerald have, have had like a great Gatsby, right? Collectible card games. Stuff like that? <laughs> and, and then he thinks, well, you know, he needed money for his boozing so much. Yeah. He, right. probably, he probably wouldn't would have bought anything. <laughs> um, plush Gatsby
1: toys. Writers aren't good people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like, this is a, this is a plush toy of somebody
0: floating in a pool face down. <laughs> <And> spoiler alert. <laughs> David. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're all totally on board with, with the book. And, um, you know, clearly, this is very influential in the science fiction world. I was just wondering if there's any any direct links, like you know, that sucked and exist only because of Ender's Game. Like, is there anything we can we can blame Ender's Game for bringing into the world indirectly? Oh yeah, that would work. That'd be great.
3: Is there any it's Ender's Game good. fanfic that you particularly hate? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: uh, well, I mean, the the idea of um, you know kids training for war and killing each other, you know, been you know there are a lot of people redoing that idea. Um, I mean, like, uh, the Hunger Games. and right.
2: I wish I could be more angry about Hunger Games, but we also had to... were, we're, uh, we're suggested to read that for the show and generally enjoyed that as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Maybe we just like kids killing each other. It turns out that's our
1: <laughs> soft spot. <Yeah. laughs> Guys, what if we started an underground league? <laughs> Where we had kids fight to the death. Yeah
2: child fight club everybody seems to like it right <laughs> the babysitter's fight club <laughs> i would read that series though yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's a good mashup it, it, david one, the other thing i wanted to ask you was that uh, it seems like there's a lot of things in here that that have been echoed like the child the children fight each other um that seems like like the science fiction world has agreed on a few things like in general the future is gonna suck <laughs> and uh i was wondering why why so dark why are you guys all such dark
3: debbie downers you know um, why is stuff so dark? I mean, there, there are sort of two strains in science fiction, actually, there's sort of the utopian strain and the dystopian strain. And, I mean, I mean, golden age science fiction actually is thought of as being very techno-utopian, you know, that if we if everyone just becomes more rational and scientific and accepts technology, it'll solve all our problems. Um, but alongside that, you've always had the, the you know, we're, we're going to blow ourselves up, Frankenstein, um, technology is going to d- destroy us all. And then they sort of, you know, exist in tandem uh, and kind of twine around each other through the history of science fiction. Uh, science fiction has gotten a lot more pessimistic, I would say, in the last 10 or 15 years because uh, nobody can really imagine a good future, uh, at least in the next <laughs> in the next 100 years. I mean, you have... Crap. We're, yeah, we're coral reefs dying, and who, who, oh, who the hell knows what else. And so everyone, everyone's pretty much agreed that the next 100 years is going to suck. Uh, and we're either all going to die or if we can get to the point where the technology is going to be so amazing that we can do anything, then there's actually a really bright future. I mean... Where we can recreate coral reefs with technology. Yeah, yeah, and we're, you know, we're, we'll all be immortal and, you know...
0: Polar you know, bears can give back massages. Oh,
3: God, they'd be so good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want a back rub from a... They're,
1: they're cuddly they and meaty.
2: They've
3: big paws.
2: <laughs> awesome. Well, man... I, Again, David, thank you so much. That is that is so insightful, and so, we're so lucky to have gotten you on the show.
3: Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime.
2: Uh, so once again, uh, David Bar kirtley is that probably the best place to go find everything that you're doing right now?
3: Yep. Yeah, check out my Geeks Guide to the Galaxy podcast. The website is geeksguideshow.com. Cool. And we have a new thing maybe in the works that I'm very excited about, but I can't talk about yet. Um, <laughs> Ooh. Cool. All wow, right. So you're not just
2: pessimism about the future. Yeah. <laughs> It's called Fuller Bear Back Massage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, excellent. When, and when you, when you are able to talk about it, let us know, and we'll, uh, we'll mention it, try to drum up some excitement for you. Oh, yeah, great, thanks. Any, anything looks- we can do to help you achieve the web comment to world domination plan that you had plotted for yourself when you were in eighth grade. All right, awesome. I appreciate that. Give me back,
1: wall. Give me a start and say all. I've seen the future.
0: ad was required but not approved by Audible.
1: Meanwhile, in battle school, Major Anderson, we have a problem. Tell me something I don't know, Major Graff. It's clear that we've run out of ways to torture Ender. Listen to audio tape of him in the shower.
0: I've got a feeling. Ooh. That tonight's gonna be a good night. Oh, hey, Bonzo, do you want to sing too?
1: Saviors of the human race don't listen to the Black Eyed Peas. In fact, no one who's ever done anything important listens to the Black Eyed Peas. Don't you think
2: I know that? I've read the reports as well as you have. I know we have to isolate him and make him miserable, but we've done everything we can.
1: Well, sir, we could take away his free audiobook from audiblepodcast.com slash and weep. It's the only thing he has left.
2: We've never done anything that cruel. That's too much even for you.
1: What's one boy's tears compared to the fate of our entire species?
2: Fine, but do it quickly. Maybe he can finish his free trial of audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep after he destroys the buggers if he doesn't go crazy first.
0: One is the loneliest number that you ever do.
1: Audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. Without us, every 12-year-old boy is an unchecked killing machine. They can tell me what's to read. They can sell me what to eat. They can beat me and send me the bell.
2: So it's time for the second half of our compliment sandwich. We're gonna go in reverse order. So Ezra, you're gonna to have to go first. What is uh another nice thing you can say about this book? This book maybe me wanna buy an iPad.
3: Seems like, <laughs> How seems, so? Uh
0: so the main technology that uh all the students have in this you know, pretty okay future, if you ask me, is uh, a desk with a capital D, which is pretty much just an iPad that you get to, you know, play fantasy games on and I don't know, kill giants and drown wolf children and Oh, it seems like a good time. I can't wait to pick one up and go to the app store. Yeah, but the problem is, it doesn't. Uh, the iPad doesn't have Flash,
2: so you can't watch as many cat videos.
1: It's the future, uh, man. Future's made of HTML5. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, get on board. <laughs> All right, in your dystopian future, fine. Uh, the, the, I, I mean, I keep wondering how big the desk is. I can't wait to see how big Harrison Ford has his desk when the movie comes out. Because it, 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 I picture the iPad as being desk sized just because that's what they call it,
0: which yeah. would be totally awkward. <laughs> wait just let me like the size of like one of those like novelty checks they give to like at the end of uh, <laughs> like contests yeah exactly the the
1: charity winner of the golf tournament uh, the ones that are the size of a twin mattress yeah yeah all right
2: uh i'm gonna go my my compliment is next I, I really like the two children per family law in ender's world uh because as one of three children i know that it's really tough to have the, a family of five because all family games are designated for four players. <laughs> so you're always like, well, hey, wouldn't it be fun to play the game Sorry? And then they'd say, no, Sorry stands for Sorry You Can't Play It because Your Little Sister is Here, and that means there's too many people. Yeah. Hungry Hungry Hippos only
1: has four hippos for a reason. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Alex, this is a really nice way for you to say that you wish your younger sister didn't exist. Well, I... <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, it's like, you know, like you're, you're making a pizza... And you make the big pizza that is like the fa- the right size of pizza, but then you've got this little ball of extra dough, and you're like, yeah, I might as well try to make a second mini pizza and put it next to it. It's never as good.
1: No, it's smaller. It burns too quickly.
2: Yeah, mm. so just don't bother is what I'm saying. Just... You've got a pizza. It's fine. You don't need Teresa.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> is it sadder when she has a name?
1: <laughs> it's not happier.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Continuing backwards, Chris. Okay, so I'm gonna kind of contain multitudes here and contradict myself. My comment is actually um, the the violence in the book. So as much as I didn't, I thought it was creepy and weird that the kids didn't have childhoods and were all super smart and talked like adults. It was kind of affecting how much the violence really worked its way on Ender as a character. Definitely good, good writing and much better writing than we've seen out of the books that we've done in the past. So,
0: so boom. Chris, if I could summarize your compliment, you're smart. <laughs> what? No. I mean, yes, but that's
1: not my compliment. <laughs> I just, I think this book holds up so much better than any of the other books we've done. It's like, like normally it's like, oh, there are werewolves and sex vampires, and this is so much better than Actually, that. Actually,
2: that's something that I was thinking this book could use, was a sex vampire. What what would a sex vampire look like? Well, it depends. So, I think what they do is they suck sex for a living, which is a violation of number 125. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that uh, Allison, that brings us to you. It's our last compliment.
0: Well, I don't think we really talked about it, but I uh, really like the weapons.
1: Oh, the little guns that are yeah, both like a flashlight a and a laser gun. gun. Yeah. <laughs> a gun that freezes people's legs, only when they're wearing specific suits.
0: Yeah, that's pretty fucking rad.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sort of the 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 gun is doing less work than say the cool pants that freeze when they get shot. But well, let's not give you know, short shrift to the gun, though. Well, you know what? It reminds the thing is, it reminds me of uh, those like the boffing kids. Yeah, we're like, I hit you with the my duct tape sword in the legs. So you have to like hop on one foot now. Yeah, this is like the more scientifically advanced version of that.
0: Ezra, am I am I smart too? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ezra, I talked about farts and cats. Am I smart? <laughs>
2: That is it for our show now. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We will be back again next week with the second half of the book. I may try a little harder to hate it next week. We'll see how it goes. Um, But I will be, as per our uh, anonymous sponsor's request, I will not be finishing the book. Because I have not read it before, and he thinks it's very funny to not end Ender's Game. Oh. And I can't say I disagree with him, although I am a little disappointed, because you guys both know the ending, and I will not. So we'll see how that affects the show. But, uh... I did get the impression from Mr. Barclartley that it's a, it's a sad ending. So we'll see. No spoiler alerts. Anyway, so that'll be fun. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you again next week. Allison, are you available? We're going to be able to talk to you again for the other half?
0: hmm
2: Cool. Well, we will have you all back again then again. So thank you so much uh, for being here, as always, as in Chris. Yeah, totally. And, and thank you so much, Allison. Did you have anything? Your Twitter was the best thing to send people to. At Allison Fields?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: can always see a picture of Allison's roommate's cat, who's mostly vegetable, on uh, <laughs> Facebook.com slash readitandweep. And there you can also give us your feedback and hopefully read an angry rebuttal from the the anonymous sponsor of this episode and why he thinks it's so terrible. All this and more, Facebook.com slash We'll be back again next week. Take care. Goodbye. Pssh.